faithwire.com. Freedom Convoy 2022, a government crackdown? More on the federal response to the massive anti-vaccine mandate protest. Today is Monday, February 7, 2022. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have that top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe there. Go ahead. We're here Monday through Friday going through the news of the day. We would love to have you join us. Joining me, as always, Trey Goins Phillips, Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faithwire. Happy Monday to you, fellas. What's going on? Well, it's almost the weekend, so we're just chugging <laughs> along. Chugging along. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good day. It's a good day. It was snowing for like 0.5 seconds here, mm. um, yeah. but it turned to rain. So Same. Same, yeah. Yeah. It's so it's weathering outside today. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to be talking uh, on the heels of your story, Dan, about the Freedom Convoy, which is getting no media coverage. Yeah. Um, we're talking about a, a pastor who is in Ottawa and has been preaching there the past two Sundays. So we'll talk about what he's been saying. And I'm going to dive into what happens when you ask White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki repeatedly what Biden <laughs> believes about life and whether or not it begins at conception. going to take a wild guess and say they don't really like to go into details on that one. They don't want to be asked <laughs> about it. That's your hint. <laughs> All right. Looking forward to those stories. We're going to start here with this uh, Freedom Convoy 2022 that has just been massive up in Canada against uh, speaking out against the vaccine mandates that have been going on in Canada uh, to a greater extent than they have been here in America. And people, especially the truckers kicking it off, had had enough. And Canadian police announced Monday that seven people have been arrested and more than 100 have been issued tickets in connection with a quote, demonstration-related enforcement in Ottawa. And uh, this comes after uh, the mayor of Ottawa, Jim Watson. He declared it a state of emergency. There's about 500 trucks and vehicles with the Freedom Convoy that were just kind of hanging out, lingering around in the Canadian capital and and, uh, taking part in the protest. And five of those seven arrest guys were for, quote, unspecified mischief, end quote. Sounds uh, suspiciously vague. A sixth person was charged for driving while prohibited and a seventh for mischief, quote, relating to property damage of a downtown business. And so this state of emergency that they've got going on, it this is what the government said. They said, quote, it reflects the serious danger and threat to the safety and security of residents posed by ongoing demonstrations. And the Ottawa police chief, uh, Peter Slowly, had some harsher words. He said, quote, this is a siege. It's something that's different in our democracy than I've ever experienced in my life. We do not have sufficient resources to adequately and effectively address this situation. He also said it, it, quote, remains an increasingly volatile and increasingly dangerous demonstration. And uh, so seven arrests and there's got to be, what, tens of thousands of people out there? Um, Doesn't seem like a high number, not to defend those getting arrested, but... um, U.S. Republicans were kind of weighing in. Uh, You had uh, Governor Ron DeSantis calling for investigations into GoFundMe. This the GoFundMe account set up that was initially set up uh, by organizers of the convoy to help fund people taking part in this um, convoy, which obviously is going a long way. A lot of trucks spending a lot on gas and everything else. So they figured they'd throw a GoFundMe up there in case anybody wanted to help. Uh, people out in that way. And they raised, I think, close to $10 million. 
But GoFundMe took down the Freedom Convoy fundraiser page on Friday. They said it violated terms of service. Then they said donors would have two weeks to request a refund and that any remaining funds would be distributed to a, quote, credible and established charity of the um, GoFundMe organizers choosing. Uh, but but uh, they said this was their rationale. They said, quote, we now have evidence from law enforcement that the previously peaceful demonstrations have become an occupation with police reports of violence and other unlawful activity. The Freedom Convoy responded by opening up a, another fundraiser. This was after it was shut down. They said, okay, we'll see you later. And they went over to Give, Send, Go, the Christian alternative to GoFundMe. So the interesting thing I find about this, guys, uh, and by the way, GoFundMe then, after they got pressure that they might be investigated um, by some politicians, they, they, they backtracked and said, okay, we're not going to make you request the return of the funds. We're just going to send it within seven to 10 days. So they're allegedly going to get that back. But that's $10 million and it just gets shut down over a couple of arrests. And uh, that's interesting, as many have pointed out, because GoFundMe still has plenty of other active fundraisers, including one for a 20-year-old man who went to federal prison for inciting riots in the wake of George Floyd's death. These, those riots caused $2.2 million in damage across 73 businesses. There's also an ongoing GoFundMe for Black Lives Matter, the Los Angeles chapter. Uh, that's gotten well north of $3 million, and that's just kind of been up, and they keep it up. And they list in there as what their purposes for the funds are, include, among other things, quote, materials for protests, rallies, demonstrations, and events. You guys may remember back in July of 2020 when violent protests swept across the country, Black Lives Matter in L.A. were involved in a protest that became violent, where you had four officers injured as they clashed with protesters. Rioters smashed window panes. They were kicking things in and um, writing hostile messages toward the police. They had made their way onto the 101 freeway, blocked lanes and uh, traffic on both sides. Police had to issue a citywide tactical alert. So that GoFundMe is still up there. You can still donate to that one today if you want. Um, so there you go, guys. Those are the details. And why does it matter? I mean, I think people are just so fed up with the one-sided policing of utilization of these platforms. GoFundMe, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. It just seems very, very one-sided. And that just frustrates people to no end. Um, but, you know, the, so so the double standard just seems... Very, very frustrating. But one other thing I'll add, guys, these pro these uh, convoys now are starting to pop up in other parts of the world. New Zealand's got one going. People are talking about trying to create them here in America. So that's sort of catching on. So if anybody's got lingering COVID mandates and things, um, I think you're going to see more protests soon. Yeah. I mean, the real solution to this is just in this age of identity crises, just decide to identify as Occupy Wall Street. Just change your entire name and, you know, then you'll be you'll be <laughs> yeah, fine. You'll be fine. Um, completely fine. You'll be completely fine. But it's yeah, I think that's the problem is the inconsistency. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, Bill Bill Maher was talking about this on Friday when he was talking about the Whoopi Goldberg thing. And he's just like, look, it's called The View. And even that is a problem because the entire country suddenly it's about one view. Yeah. One view gets to be heard and all the other views have to sit in the corner. And, you know, I think this is what we're seeing across the board. And it's a real frustration point because it's not something that's happening here or there. It's something that seems to be happening in every facet of media, 
especially mainstream media, and really social media. And you can argue all day long that these companies have the right, and I think a lot of conservatives have made that argument as well as, as liberals. And, you know, again, there's a lot of debate there when that's appropriate and when it's not. They are private companies, but at some point you do have to say, well, how much power do they have? And is there a point where, you know, can you really fully participate in a conversation if you're not allowed on Facebook or Twitter or any other platform? Um, it's a real question that needs to be grappled with. Yeah. I mean, and y'all remember the the chop zone and it was in Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, and they like, this is just a one for one comparison. One, the, the chop th- thing was actually a violent occupation and there's like plenty of stories about that. But uh, anyway, GoFundMe said that they can't support uh, this because because it's an occupation and it's dangerous because they're occupying a space. But in, on July 2nd, 2020, this is just a tweet that's getting a ton of retweets. GoFundMe tweeted, in a community with no police, this farmer's feeding people and bringing them closer together. Learn how you can support Marcus's mission within CHOP. That's like, so you could support that occupation, but your general statement is you can't give these truckers this money because you don't support occupations. It's like, what happened between July yeah. 2nd, 2020 and February uh, of 2022? That's a, that's a, um, that's a fantastic point. I mean, the if you guys remember right, the Chad zone or whatever, there actual murders happened there. And yes. uh, the, the, as uh, some had pointed out, that that tweet you just read, Trey, was posted after those murders had happened. And uh, right. they also, by the way, forced, they went in there and forced the, uh, the police retreated. The police were like, yeah. we don't want any part of this. So, yeah, that's an actual, like the, the protesters in Canada are just there. Like, and even trying to work with police, right, by the way. Right. <laughs> Look, These guys and, and, were so intimidating that police were like, you know what? It'll be better if we just leave. You know, I don't think it's irrational to have worries about any monumental protest with thousands of people. It's not irrational to have worries. What's irrational is when you've had seven arrests to treat it as though it's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. When you've literally looked past other scenarios where entire towns and businesses have been torched and smashed. Right. And you know that's where the disconnect mm-hmm. is here. And this is why media bias matters so much, right? I mean, yeah. this is why when we have these conversations, it's not just like, oh, this minor thing to, oh, we're just complaining for no reason. It actually shapes the way that people behave based on what they believe is happening. I am. That's huge. Yeah. And I'm sorry to interrupt, Billy, but I'm just, Trey, the tweet you're reading, I'm looking at it now. It's so bad. It's not even because it's one thing to a lot, like for them to not know every single fundraiser that's going on, you know, like the LA Black Lives Matter one, right? And being able to police every single one that's going on. Uh, They should know ones that are in the millions. I can't imagine there's that many that are in the millions that they don't know about. But they are tweet. That's not just like, from the the GoFundMe page, that's actually GoFundMe tweeting about this from their verified yes. account. So urging they, people to yeah, donate. like yes, they're actually taking a stand, saying this is great, you should do this, and going way out of their way to do it. That is, and they that, that first line in a community with no police, this farmer is feeding and bringing them closer together. I wonder why there that, were no police, huh? There were murders <laughs> happening here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. and like, I'm sorry, you can't create a farm in 10 minutes, like, w- like the way this thing's like. So, I mean, I mean, gosh, especially when nobody that, wants to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing tweet! I mean, that is wow. That is amazing. It's still up, by the way. But anyway, all right. 
This is why we can't have nice things. This is why we can't have nice things. Is it Friday yet? Is it even? Is it Friday Junior yet? <laughs> Almost. Almost. All right. Yeah. So why don't we move on? Why don't we move right. on to story number two? I'm afraid story number two is still about the okay the trucker convoy, but it's a more positive a more, spin yes. uh, on what's going on. So uh, a Canadian pastor, Henry Hildebrandt, y'all might recognize his name or you might not, um, but uh, he made headlines last year. We wrote about it at CBN and Faithwire uh, because he held in-person worship services. He's Canadian as well. He doesn't live in Ottawa, but he's he, he lives in Canada and has a church there. Um, and he held in-person worship services, indoor worship services, uh, when government rules uh, restricted them from doing that. Uh, and he refused to back down. Eventually, the police actually ended up coming to his church, and they uh, literally escorted them out in the middle of a worship service out of their church. And the police you know, surrounded the building and then locked the doors, changed the locks on the doors, and essentially just took control of the church. We saw other things, you know, similar things happening with other churches in Canada. So his church was one of those that was um, was targeted. So the last two Sundays, he's been in Ottawa to participate in the Freedom Convoy, and he actually delivered uh, Sunday sermons on Parliament, Parliament Hill right in Ottawa, which is essentially their Capitol Hill. Uh, last Sunday and then this Sunday. Um, and this past Sunday, he called the Freedom Convoy a God-ordained uh, event um, and even compared it to the biblical story of Jericho. Uh, so this is what he said. I say Jericho did not know who had come to Jericho, and there was quite a bit of honking there as well. Uh, obviously, he was referring to the Old Testament uh, story in Joshua 6, which is about uh, the army of Israelites who at God's command marched around the walls of Jericho six times. Uh, and then on the seventh day, God told Joshua to lead his troops around the city seven times uh, as the priests blew their ram's horns. And at the end of the seventh time, the Israelites shouted and the walls uh, of Jericho came down. And I always think of that song that we sang in, in Sunday school growing up. Uh, I don't know if y'all knew that, but like, and the walls came tumbling down as always. Anyway, that's what I think of all the time. So, but the pastor said, I have heard the trumpet blowing this week. This week has been ordained of God. This happen this happening is God ordained. And it is not just for Canada. It is global. It is prophetic. God is in it long before man plans a reset. God is resetting. Never underestimate God's mighty powers. Uh, he went on to say that he actually, this is what was most interesting to me, uh, is that he actually kind of was, was critical of his fellow Christian leaders and pastors, uh, because he believes that a lot of them have been too silent and too submissive when it comes to a lot of these um, restrictions, whether it was church closures early on or now COVID vaccine and mask mandates, which is more more so what the these truckers have been protesting, particularly vaccination mandates. But he said, if the pastors can't do it, and if they don't want to do it, talking about speaking out, he said, the truckers will show us how to do it. That's why I'm in Ottawa, and it seems like I can't leave because I thank God for the truckers uh, that God has used. Uh, he told the, the truckers that they've been able to continue their, their demonstration um, by God's grace. Um, and he condemned Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who's tested positive for COVID, uh, accusing him of hiding. He said he hasn't been able to come up with one single lie that has stood the test, not one, because we are standing for truth. Lies have never been able to stand against truth. We are standing for Canada and the rest of the world. Uh, look, as far as why it matters, I think this is something that unfortunately is not getting any sort of media attention. And I'm not think, saying that it needs to get wall-to-wall -wall attention, but I think there's only been, I might be 
might be wrong here, but from what I have been able to see online, CNN has only dedicated just like one little segment to this. And it's, it's a, it's a pretty huge thing. And like you said, Dan, uh, they're cropping up in Australia and New Zealand Mm. as well. Uh, So it's getting a whole lot of attention. And I think it's, it's a good, um, read on where people are politically because Canada is much more progressive generally than the United States is. uh, And even Canadians of different political perspectives are getting fed up with these kinds of restrictions. Uh, Americans on both sides of the aisle are starting to say, we've gone on with this stuff for too much. I know midterms are coming and I've been joking about that. We're seeing a shift uh, in the way politicians are talking about it. Like all of a sudden, natural immunity is something that we care about. And politicians are saying they should be considered uh, fully vaccinated. Some are are speaking out, starting to say that kind of stuff too. So it's interesting to see the way the tide is turning. Um, And I think, uh, you you know, we're going to see we're going to see more of that, uh, particularly as the midterms here in the U.S. get closer. But um, you know, I think it's something we need to be paying attention to because people are just uh, uniting over a frustration with how the government has handled this stuff. I guess if nothing else will unite us, <laughs> we we can take that as a as a good positive uh, takeaway. Here is people are coming together over something. Yeah, and I, I love the observation Trey there about. You know, the, the midterms are coming. Watch for the narrative shift. So everyone listening yeah. to this podcast, you have been warned. You will see it coming. It is coming. It is coming. You're seeing you're seeing flashes of it right now. It's like the first few early raindrops when that when the f- storm front's coming in and the edge of the clouds hitting. You got a couple raindrops smattering on you. That's about where <laughs> we're at right now. But there'll be a denial. They'll, yeah. There'll be a denial that they ever had the uh, the, the previous position. Right. That will be what's frustrating is you just have to accept it because that's what politicians do. Politicians on both sides of the aisle, by the way. But there will be a complete denial that they ever had a different yeah. position. And the media will back it, right? <laughs> the, so you'll yes. have, yeah, you'll, you'll have well, no gatekeeper. Well, it's interesting. Any- it's interesting because right now there's just so many outlets so many news choices so many people online in our feeds just bombarding us it's easier to make things go away if you'll ever notice when somebody says something controversial on twitter or something like that and they if they don't want to maybe delete it they just tweet out like a hundred things and then it goes way back and you you know you're not going to see it and um so you can you can just keep keep the information coming just keep it going and uh that's that's a lot a common way that people kind of distract. And so you're yeah, you're just gonna see them continue saying these things and they're gonna try to convince you like we did it's like Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> waving his hand. You don't need to look back at the things we said before. Those didn't <laughs> exist. And then, you know, the, the stormtrooper sitting there. I don't need to look back at the things that were said before. They didn't happen. <laughs> I, so anyway, I just wanted to make stop and make that clear, Trey, because I think it's a I think it's absolutely going to happen, and I wanted just people to mark down their calendars to be on the lookout for it. Yeah, it's also yeah, it's sure. also interesting to see kind of the merger of faith and a political a response to a political move here, right? Because that's something in America that we're really familiar with, right? But I don't know a lot about the Canadian system. You have a pastor kind of standing up there and saying this political response is prophetic; it's of God, right? Um, I haven't, I just haven't experienced that sort of thing in Canadian politics before. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if they've experienced it or if this is kind of a, I don't know. It just, it's intriguing to me to watch that merger. I'm always super careful about what I say is prophetic. So I'd I'd be intrigued to hear how Canadians and even people in the church there are reacting to that too, especially, you know, with kind of his kind of going after some of the pastors for the decisions they made, right. Saying the truckers are going to show us. It's, It's definitely an interesting speech. Yeah, for sure. 
All right. Well, that brings us to our last story here. And this is really, it's a fun exchange because it goes on for three to four minutes. And it's like, you know, when both parties in a debate are not going to back down, that is what you have here. You have White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki repeatedly, Psaki, repeatedly refusing <laughs> Friday to answer a reporter's questions about whether or not Joe Biden believes life begins at conception. And so she gets in this back and forth with EWTN Washington correspondent Owen Jensen, and the two of them have sparred in the past, but... He basically asks her, you know, how does the debate over abortion, how is that going to shape Biden's U.S. Supreme Court selection? And she really, you could tell she knows what question is coming and she doesn't really want to deal with it. Um, but but she basically, you know, says, look, you know, this is the pledge we've made. The president is going to select an eminently qualified black woman to serve on the court. And she kind of gives the talking points that we've heard, right? They're going to be vetted and he's going to consult with different members of Congress. And, you know, that's what we've heard them say. And then she says, but I don't think I'm going to give you more specifics from here. And that's when Jensen asks, um, you know, well, would the candidate need to be pro-abortion? And she immediately pushes back on that. She says, you know, look, someone else asked a similar question. I'm not going to give, I'm not going to outline a litmus test here. And what's what's really interesting, though, is that she, she's kind of wanting to move on and he is not having it. He is not going to move on. He wants to know. And this is what he says. His quote is following up on that. The president has said in the past that he does not believe that life begins at conception. When does he believe it begins? Now, Saki refuses to answer directly. And here's what she says. And I find this really interesting because she says it repeatedly. She says Biden, quote, believes in a woman's right to choose. And so, you know, a lot of times the conversation might end there, but Jensen is like, no, I'm not satisfied with this. I'm going to ask again. And so neither of them is willing to back down. He says, he repeats his question and he's like, look, the question is, when does he believe life? And then he says, you know, this is an essential question to the debate over all of these issues. Don't you agree? You know, he gives her this rhetorical question. Um, we should know where the president stands on this. It's a fundamental question. And she again says, the president believes in a woman's right to choose. And it's, it's just a really telling moment because that is a question that they are clearly terrified to answer. He, Biden has spoken out about this. He said he disagreed that life begins at con in conception. He said this back in September. And so they it didn't end there. I mean, they kept going back and forth. And she was finally about to just move on to someone else because she had had enough. And she actually says at one point, you ask this every time you come here, and that's your right. But basically stop. Um, and so, you know, the, the why I don't, it matters, I don't like contradicting myself so much. Right. I mean, but the why it matters is I don't know how with a straight face. I mean, this is her job. This is every press secretary's job. How do you answer with a with an answer that has nothing really to do with the question that you're being asked? It's a very simple response. And that is very telling, especially with the Dobbs case coming. They're afraid of what the answer is to that. And they would prefer to conceal that you know, from the American public, I think. So, you know, it matters because we're about to have a major shakeup, obviously, um, on the Supreme Court with a new person coming in and, and going through a nomination process. And we're about to have a major ruling on this issue. It would probably be helpful for the president's viewpoint on this, considering he was once pro-life, uh, to be discernible, right? Yeah. And, and I think, uh, look, this is an administration that often talks about the need to follow the science why aren't we talking about the science on this issue? Um, it, it, they fall immediately back into the rhetoric because they know politically that that's what plays well with, I guess, their audience, the Democratic audience, is to say, 
well, a woman's choice. You know, just repeat bumper sticker slogan and don't let's not listen to the facts. Let's not listen to the science bumper sticker slogan. Just focus on that. Um, I think that's a very clear sign that they know they're in a tough spot on that issue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think, Billy, you linked to this piece that I'd written, I think, in 2019 um, about the history of some of Joe Biden's position, because I, I, I pulled it up just to, to look at it to make sure I have my facts right. So he was very in favor of the Hatch Amendment when he was on the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, which declared that the U.S. Constitution, quote, does not secure a right to abortion. He was also, this is interesting, very supportive of then-President Reagan's so-called Mexico City policy. He, like, not only did he vote for them, but he repeatedly spoke out in favor of them. So he's on the record as being very, uh, yeah, I mean, not like uberly pro-life, but but pro-life enough to be supportive of the Hatch Amendment and also supportive of the Mexico City policy for not just Reagan's administration, but a few administrations after that. Uh, and now he's completely shifted the position. Like he thinks that the Hatch Amendment is awful. Uh, he does not support the Mexico City policy uh, rule at all, which stopped federal dollars from going to foreign non-government organizations to, to fund um uh, abortion. So it's just interesting to see the sliminess of so many politicians. It's not just Biden. It's not just Democrats. It's Republicans. You know, it, everybody does it, or a lot of people do it, unfortunately. Uh, but this is just an instance where it's just particularly despicable because obviously life is on the line. This is an issue that uh, impacts, you know, the very existence of of human life. So, um, you know, it, it's it's disheartening that they won't just give a straight answer as far yeah. as where they are on this issue because. You know, everybody, it's the elephant in the room. Just own up to your position yeah. on this. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. I mean, I would, if I were him, I'd go back and I mean, eventually they'll stop calling on him, but I yeah. would, I would go back again and again, and I'd find other ways to ask it because people deserve to know that this is a lifetime. We, we obviously know there is a litmus test and whoever they choose is going to be pro-abortion. Sure. That is, I mean, obviously we all know it. I can't believe they won't even answer that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, it shouldn't surprise us entirely though, just given the, given the political nature and the tribal nature of things right now, where um, just look, play to your tribe and, and everything will be great in, in the world of politics. So, all right. Hey guys, that's all the time we have for today on Monday, our one step closer to the weekend day. Uh, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. But uh, tomorrow we'll be back here with more news from a Christian perspective. You can head on over to faithwire.com, cbnnews.com and, a uh, whole bunch of great stories happening over on both sites. So we'll be back here tomorrow. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Monday evening. God bless. <laughs>